Welcome back to another season of Sustainably Influenced. I'm really, really happy to be back with you guys. It's been a long time in the making and I'm incredibly excited to just get going again and to be talking about all things sustainability. So this season is all about tech and how tech is enhancing a more sustainable lifestyle. We're kind of talking about innovation and how scalable it is and if it's actually affordable and how easily can it be adopted. So today's episode is about transparency through technology and I'm joined by two amazing guests this episode. I have to say, kicking off the season quite strong (laughs) with speaking to David Geiser and Josh Gelder. I'll tell you a little bit more about them in a moment, but let's get into the crux of this episode. So today we are deep diving into a topic that's at the heart of sustainability, transparency. And as we strive for a more eco-friendly future, it's essential to know exactly where our products come from. And that's where technology comes to the rescue. In this episode, we're shedding light on how innovative technologies, particularly blockchain, are revolutionising transparency across various industries, ensuring that sustainability isn't just a buzzword, but a verifiable reality. In this season, as I said before, we'll be exploring the ever-evolving landscape of sustainability innovation and the positive impact that they can have on our planet. I'm your host, Bianca Foley, and today we're embarking on a journey to uncover how technology is driving transparency in the pursuit of a more sustainable future. So as I said before, my guests today are David Geiser and Josh Gelder. David is one of the co-founders and CEO of Collect ID. Collect ID is a fast-growing tech company combining physical and digital to prove authenticity and create an immersive digital. <laughs> he'll explain it more, consumer experience. Josh Gelder is the founder and CEO of The Fission, a passionate apparel industry visionary and changemaker with more than 25 years of experience across entrepreneurial C-suite roles that span mass to couture. The Fission is a company that creates fashionable t-shirts with a purpose. He's focused on reimagining the industry's value chain to minimise its effect on the planet while positively impacting society through authenticity, transparency and education. Before we speak to today's guest, I want to talk a little bit about blockchain. I really like to keep things as easy to understand as possible, and you'll be hearing a lot about blockchain and other technology this season. So I thought it would make sense to start off by explaining it all in more detail. Blockchain is a digital ledger technology that records your transactions and data in a secure, sort of decentralized and transparent way. It consists of chains of blocks, each containing a set of transactions. So if you imagine a chain of blocks with a different data set in each one. Once information is added to a block, it becomes virtually impossible to alter, ensuring that data has integrity and it can't be changed. Blockchain is widely used for various purposes, including verifying and tracking the origin of products, enhancing security and financial transactions and creating digital currencies similar to Bitcoin. It cannot be changed, as I said before. It enables more transparency and is resistant to tampering, making it a really, really valuable tool for enhancing trust and transparency in various industries. In recent years, sustainability has become way more of a buzzword and it's a global movement. <laughs> I hate to say it, I like it's become more of a movement because more companies are jumping on it but let's hope that it's not a trend. People are increasingly conscious of the environmental and social impacts of their choices, and this awareness has spurred a shift towards eco-friendly products and practices. Transparency is a word we often hear in discussions about sustainability, and the two are often kind of 
used interchangeably. But what does it really mean in the context of our everyday lives? Well, it's about knowing where our products come from, how they're made, and the impact that they have on the environment and our society. Transparency empowers consumers to make informed choices and hold businesses accountable for their actions. One really cool, remarkable development, I think, especially in the world of fashion, is something called Good Earth Cotton. You're going to be hearing a lot about that shortly from Josh. It's the world's first climate positive cotton. This innovative cotton is grown using regenerative farming practices that not only reduce its carbon footprint, but actively sort of sequester more carbon from the atmosphere than it emits. This means that every Good Earth Cotton product you buy contributes to combating climate change. So it's amazing. Speaking of regenerative farming, something that we speak about quite a lot here on this podcast, it's a crucial piece of the sustainability puzzle. Traditional agricultural practices can often lead to soil degradation and the release of carbon into the atmosphere. However, regenerative farming takes a different approach. It focuses on rebuilding healthy soil, enhancing biodiversity and sequestering carbon. By adopting these sort of newer, more regenerative techniques, especially in farming, farmers are not only producing food in a more sustainable way, but also helping to combat climate change because we all know that the agricultural industry is a huge contributor to carbon emissions. And it's a win-win for both the environmental and the agricultural community. But of course, as we all know, sustainability doesn't exist in a vacuum. It operates in a really complex global landscape and recent events have demonstrated how interconnected our world has become. Um, We've had trade wars across the globe, the COVID-19 pandemic, retailers going bust and supply chain issues have all underscored the fragility of our global systems. And these challenges have really, really disrupted supply chains, as I said, making it even more crucial for consumers to have access to transparent information about the products they buy. This is where technology, particularly blockchain, comes into play. In the context of sustainability, blockchain enables the tracking and verification of products from their origin to their final destination. It's like a digital passport, and we've spoken about digital passport products here previously on Season 7. So for me, I think it's like a digital passport for products, allowing consumers to trace the journey of an item, verifying its authenticity and assessing its environmental and social impact. The beauty of blockchain is not that it's limited to a single industry. It can be applied to everything, absolutely everything, from food and fashion to electronics and energy. And as sustainability becomes increasingly more important, more businesses are integrating blockchain into their supply chains to provide consumers with more transparency, sort of on demand. Blockchain isn't the only technology that we're talking about through the season, though, and it's not the only thing driving transparency. Innovations in data analytics, satellite imagery and AI, artificial intelligence, are also playing a really, really crucial role in monitoring the reporting on sustainability metrics. Now let's get into our first guest portion. We're going to be speaking to Josh Gelder, the founder of The Fission. So Josh, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Let's get into it. The Fission is known for its radically transparent approach to apparel manufacturing. Can you elaborate on how you leverage sort of tech and more specifically blockchain to achieve real-time verification and traceability through your supply chain so that it's kind of ensuring it at every single step from the farm to the factory is accountable and transparent? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, I guess for your audience, I'm not sure how familiar they are with blockchain. It gets a little complicated with cryptocurrency and all the other stuff going on. 
it's a decentralized and shared digital ledger and to record transactions and track the movement of assets. It's, it's that simple. But what's so unique about what we're doing through a company called FiberTrace Verify is that we're marrying the digital with the physical. And so with our cotton shirts, we're embedding the cotton with a DNA tracer. And then when we do that during the ginning process, we have scanners at each and every step in our supply chain to then verify that that is the cotton, in fact, that we say it is. And that goes everything from ginning to spinning to cut, sew, dyeing, et cetera, through the supply chain. You know, what that does is create this irrefutable and immutable record into the blockchain and establishes for us, you know, that's kind of this foundation of trust. So I love what you're doing. And I think when I read your sort of bio, it made me really want to have you on the podcast because I know that you're doing good things. You're using good earth cotton and other recycled materials, which kind of showcases your commitment to sustainability for me. Could you share how the Fission's sort of regenerative farming practices and circularity initiatives are not only reducing emissions, but also contributing to a more responsible and ethical apparel industry? Well, first of all, good earth cotton is the world's first climate positive cotton. What that means is that the entire growth life cycle sequesters more carbon than it emits. And just to put that in context for the listeners, like a normal bale of cotton emits approximately 260 kilograms of carbon into the atmosphere, where good earth cotton actually sequesters 335 kilograms. It's incredible. And this is all about regenerative farming. What I think is so great is it goes way beyond just soil carbon. It's this science-backed, holistic approach where they're measuring everything, and it's about continued improvement. And so they're looking at everything from obviously carbon, but water and energy and biodiversity and fertilizer, chemistry, gas, et cetera, and they're constantly measuring that. And so it's been improving. In fact, it took them, I think it was seven to eight years before it became climate positive. But the other thing that we also do in our product is is that's 80% of our cotton. The other 20% of the content we're using recycled. And that's really recycled from pre-consumer waste, utilizing scraps and dust bunnies and leftovers from the ginning process. And that's really to encourage where we really want to take this in the long term, which is you know, circularity, and that's a big buzzword in the industry, and, and really try and get away from only using virgin materials and this extractive model that exists today. I think that's phenomenal because I think I'm so glad that you said that about circularity because it is becoming a buzzword and we have got an episode on it and it just goes to show that it is something that's being spoken about quite a lot. And I think it's almost being a little bit bastardized as a word where it's not got its true meaning. And I think a lot of people think of circularity only in terms of fashion, but it can be used across every industry and every sector. And we do need to look at ways to kind of implement more circular methods in every form of manufacture and consumption. It's a big topic. But moving on to sort of blockchain-enabled transparency, and you've mentioned how transparency and blockchain are making your supply chain more, I guess, more transparent and enabling that trust with consumers it's allowing your kind of consumers to follow the journey of each product fostering a real deep connection between the shoppers and the items that they purchase because there is a connection there 
So how does the Fission's use of the dynamic QR code and blockchain technology empower consumers to engage with the sustainable journey of your products and make way more informed choices? So the logo on our garment, at the hem of our garment, is a QR code. And it's actually a unique QR code to each purchase order that we create. And just like a menu in a restaurant, you can scan that QR code, which brings you to a carousel that we've created where we've built an app. But what that does is it can take you on the journey of your product from, as we like to say, from dirt to shirt. But in addition to just providing the origins of our fiber, right, one of our missions as a company was to expose the truth about the current legacy industry and the environmental and societal costs. And it's really shocking. And that's when we were first starting this business, when you would rattle off some of these statistics around the industry and its pollution, people were just in shock. So as an example, it's a third of the plastics in the ocean. It's 20% of industrial water pollution. It's 17% of worldwide employment and less than 2% of those make a living wage. And then you take that and all that was exacerbated with fast fashion and this disposable mentality. In fact, in the US alone, we're buying 10 times more than, or I'm sorry, five times more than we were 10 years ago. It's incredible. The average garment is now worn only seven times before it's being discarded. And 85% of what gets produced in a year ends up in a landfill within 12 months. And you look at these statistics, and the most shocking of all is if we allow these trends to continue, the fashion industry is going to make up 25% of the worldwide carbon budget by 2050. And so, Unlike a lot of other environmental issues, this comes down to choice and it's about individual choice. And most people, when they hear all this, they're like, oh my, I can't believe that. And so part of what we did in our carousel, we've also built a video that kind of highlights some of these statistics. So as one of the core tenets of our brand, it's about educating others and empowering the consumers to want to share that with others. So when you're wearing our shirt, and someone sees a QR code on your shirt, you want them to scan that and continue this learning. Absolutely fantastic. I think it's creating a sense of ownership and accountability with the consumer, which I think is something that we often don't discuss. And it's sort of when you think about sustainability, a lot of conversations are that the onus needs to go on policymakers or brands but a lot of it does need to come down to how we shop as consumers and we vote with our pounds, with our dollars, with our... Well, and that, that was kind of our point and why we're trying to do this. And I think a lot of your listeners, when people are always looking at ways that once you know, right, it's hard to look back. It's hard to walk into a fast fashion store and continue the same purchasing behaviors you were doing yesterday. Definitely agree with you on that. And that's our hope. Yeah. So... I want to talk a little bit about how, again, how your supply chain transparency is underpinned by blockchain tech. Could you delve into how these technological advances, combined with your commitment to sustainable materials and circularity, are collectively shaping a new paradigm for apparel manufacturing that aligns with your mission for accountability as well as positive impact? So when we looked to found this business, it was a really unique 
time because we've had these groundbreaking technology advancements really at a fraction of the historical cost of ownership. And at that same time, when I look at the legacy apparel industry, I've been doing this a long time. The last, when I think of like the last six years, it's been one challenge after another. So they're all been playing defense. You know, it started with trade wars with China. That was followed by a pandemic, followed by 40% of the retailers went bankrupt, and then supply chain issues. So at the same time, when technology is moving at light speed, you've had the legacy industry that really hasn't been able to make the necessary investments. And when we looked at what we could start today, if you were to build something from the ground up without some of these legacy technology issues, you could really create something different. And that's this modern apparel company that we've tried to create. And really, our goal is to showcase what's actually possible already today and continue and take that a step further. And one of the things that I think is really unique with our QR codes as we are talking about them, it's an amazing opportunity to partner with other brands, like-minded, whether it's companies, it's talent, it's corporations, it's charities, right? Because with that unique QR code, on top of the traceability, right, when we do custom graphic tees, we can tie those QR codes to anything. And so they can use them for their own marketing purposes or really interesting things where we have an influencer group that's doing t-shirts, but then they're changing the content daily. Or if there was a big event, someone could relive the experience by scanning a QR code and going to, say, video of that event. So it's a really interesting way for people to tailor their own content, but to also kind of help in this process, get their audiences and communities involved in building this movement. It makes it a more immersive experience. And looking at something like that and how, where I see the future of fashion going, we've seen NFTs, we've seen the kind of what they call the digital skins and things like that is what we're thinking is going to happen. But something like this, as simple as having a label that's a QR code that then turns into a more immersive and collaborative experience makes the future of fashion really fun for the next generation. Yeah, and innovation is absolutely everywhere. Sometimes, honestly, it can be overwhelming because it's changing so rapidly and you just have to stay on top of what's coming out next. And we're just at the very beginning of this. We can continue to get better and better. And some of these other new technologies, I think, solve some of the, a lot of the problems that we've been talking about earlier today. Really encouraged about on-demand production. I think that already we've been testing it. It's still expensive. And we should talk about affordability because that's a, a critical component to all of these things. But when you look at, at the end of the day, even great merchants are only right 60% of the time. And when you combine that with a tw- basically a 12-month long supply chain from start to finish in the apparel industry, you're betting on things way into the future. So you're creating supply before you know your demand. And of course, you're going to be wrong. And what happens to all that? And so if we can marry and do on-demand production, and the equipment is there now, it's getting there, and it just needs to get a little bit less expensive. But when that happens, I think you're going to see where 
why would you locate your machines right halfway across the world when you can put them right where your market is? So you could be super nimble, super fast with no excess supply. And so that really handles a lot of the waste problem. I think the other interesting innovation that is just fascinating to me, and I, I still have a trouble understanding a lot of it, but is in the material sciences side. And we're working with a company that's creating a green technology using aerogel, where they're taking old garments from landfills and creating them into new fibers. And it's just fascinating. Again, this technology solves what we were talking about earlier, the circularity issue. And there's all these things that are happening. And it's interesting because when you look at the recycling side of things, currently only 1% of apparel is getting recycled into new apparel. And only 13% is getting recycled into something else, which means what's happening to the other 86%. Right. And that's where these landfills and it's, you know, they're filling up all over. And again, as we talked earlier, fast fashion is only exacerbating those issues. And so as these technologies continue to progress, you really have to keep trying and keep innovating and keep changing. And so our ultimate goal is to really have a verified, climate positive, completely circular product, finished garment, right? And we think we can we can get there. But as we started out earlier, it has to be affordable. And I always like to say sustainability cannot be a luxury. If that was my last question, that would have been a great mic drop moment. But I've still got <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Sustainability cannot be a luxury. It should be for everyone. And the affordability aspect is becoming more of a conversation across the board especially in sustainable fashion, whether we're looking at food and other areas and other sectors, I think they may have got a slightly better grip on it. Whereas fashion is still something you need to have clothes, but you don't need to have the vast amount of clothes that are being constantly marketed and pushed at you. So looking at sustainable fashion is about changing people's mindsets because for the past, what, 60, 70 years, we've been told the more you own, the more affluent you are, the better you are, the higher status you are. So we need to then change that mindset and flip that on itself to get people. Right. And that, and again, that's what this education component is about, is to change that mindset because it's not cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay, moving on to my very last question, even though that was a perfect mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> Your commitment to innovation is really evident and you speak so passionately about what your business is doing. And I think it really does show from sort of sustainable materials to cutting edge technology. I just, you're really doing a lot with the vision and looking ahead how do you sort of envision technology's role in further advancing supply chain transparency and sustainable practices? And are there any new green technologies or material sciences that you mentioned that the vision is exploring to continue pushing the boundaries of sustainability? Well, it's funny. I feel like we just talked about a lot of those, a lot of those technologies where we're talking about the on-demand production, as well as in the material sciences. In fact, they're even right now making, you know, bio-based leather, you know, in laboratories. I mean, it's really incredible when you start to look how much innovation is out there. Now, again, how scalable is it yet? How affordable is it yet? It's not all there, but it takes people and consumers 
to care, right? And that's been one of the real challenges, I think, for the industry. And you've already seen it. It's happening. Europe is changing the laws. They're certainly ahead of us. And we really need to catch up is government regulation. Because what's become very clear to me is that in everything, the industry, you know, they talk a lot about change. They talk a lot about sustainability, but you see very little action. And when you see each year that goes by as we approach 2030 and some of these irreversible things, the industry is still way behind. And I think it's going to require the government to step in and really take some onus with some legal changes. I definitely agree with you. I think, unfortunately, the U.S. is a lot further behind Europe in this. And I think in terms of innovation, Europe is behind Asia. (laughs) So we'll all get there eventually. I just think we have to be adopting a lot more change and be a lot more receptive to putting budgets into new areas of innovation that will positively impact the environment and the planet. Well, you also have to level the playing field, right? And and that's a big piece of it. But it also shows how, you know, again, if we all share this information, there's so much innovation out there. I think like the good earth cotton we were talking about, right? Because what that really started was on a farm in Australia and they went through this process and then they want to take these learnings and share them. And so right now they're building other good earth farms right now in India and Vietnam and China and Pakistan and trying to take what we've learned and help for all. Thanks so much for joining me, Josh. That was really insightful. It was actually a really brilliant conversation and we could have chatted on for days on this same topic. We're all on a journey towards a greener future, making conscious choices about the products we buy. Have you ever wondered about the origins of the jewellery you wear? Well, wonder no more. Ernest Jones, Britain's favourite high street jeweller, is launching an exclusive new collection called Origin by Ernest Jones. This dazzling collection features 28 diamond rings, from classic solitaires to contemporary halo designs. But what sets it apart is the transparency it offers. Every diamond in the collection is fully traceable, responsibly sourced and handcrafted in recycled platinum or gold. How do they do it? With cutting-edge blockchain technology, you can now trace your diamond's unique journey from the depths of the earth to your finger. The blockchain records every step, including design, Sourcing, cutting and assessing, giving you a digital passport for your diamond. Ernest Jones is a proud member of the World Diamond Council and the Responsible Jewellery Council. They've partnered with trusted suppliers to ensure their diamonds are conflict-free, responsibly sourced and come from ethical minds that prioritise the well-being of miners and the environment. And guess what? Ernest Jones is the first UK retailer to bring this fully traceable blockchain-powered collection to their high street stores – So join us in leading the way to a more sustainable future with Origin by Ernest Jones. Let's make a difference, one diamond at a time. Shop the collection now, in-store or online at ernestjones.co.uk. I really want us to speak now to our second guest. Let's speak to David Geiser, co-founder and CEO of Collect ID. Hi David, thank you so much for joining me. So let's get into it. Can you talk us through how Collect ID's blockchain technology works in ensuring transparency in supply chains? And further to that, 
How does it enable consumers to look to make more informed choices? Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Bianca. It's a pleasure. Yeah, of course. So our technology is actually quite simple, and this was always the center of attention. We want to make sure that everybody with a smartphone is able to prove authenticity and to check if something is authentic, to check if it's produced like it's supposed to be. And the way it works is we are using a smartphone-ready, dynamically encrypted NFC tag. So this is the same technology that you know from your contactless banking card. And we take that NFC tag and we store a unique identity on every single tag. So this, in fact, makes every single item that we equip, even if it's exactly the same color, the same size, if you think, for example, about a T-shirt, it's still like an individual product. So similar to the DNA of a human, every single product gets its own UID. And then what we do is we take this unique identity, we create a non-fungible token, an NFT, that is linked to that unique identity, and we store that on the public blockchain. In, In our case, it's either the Ethereum mainnet or the Polygon blockchain. So we store that information on chain. So to summarize, we have the physical item, we have the NFC tag that gets embedded into the physical item, the unique identity on this tag, and then we use this unique identity to create the digital twin on the blockchain. And to come to the second part of your question, when a user wants to check if an item is authentic and to understand, for example, the production behind, you can simply hover or or tap your phone on that NFC tag in the same way that you would pay with your credit card. So you tap that NFC tag with your smartphone and automatically the information is shown on a smartphone. That means if you have a smartphone, you become the expert and you don't need, for example, to analyze the garment or do other like chemical tests. You literally hold your smartphone to it and that's all it takes. This is really interesting. I think also blockchain is the last season that I did, we spoke a lot about blockchain and it's been hailed sort of as this game changer for transparency. And in your experience, what are some of the more tangible examples of how this tech and more so blockchain is succeeding in creating a more accountable and sustainable business environment? Yeah, I mean, it's praised a lot, actually, the technology. I think to like upfront for me, it's like very important to point out that the blockchain, in my opinion, is only as good as the input. So there is this famous saying, shit in, shit out. And that means, of course, the blockchain is an immutable record of information and it cannot be changed. So that's the beauty of the blockchain and the game-changing aspect, in my opinion. It's a public decentralized ledger that cannot be changed later on, aka immutability. But it's very crucial that what you put in, so the ultimate result that comes out will only be as good as what you put in. And that means, for example, if we go back to our example, and and this will also lead us then to a few tangible examples, is this is why our hardware piece, the encrypted and connected NFC tag is so important, because If I would just tell you this shirt is authentic and then we store this information on the blockchain, I could come with the same shirt or with a fake shirt and still say it's this one. So it's very important that you have this connection, in my opinion, to the real world. And this is what we do. And 
To give you a few examples, what we actually did is one project, I think it's like one and a half years ago, was with a big sporting goods manufacturer. They up-leveled their production and they created a collection of 100% upcycled materials. And it's pretty interesting because they usually when you hear like this is produced from recycled PET, I didn't know, but there is actually companies in Asia producing PET bottles for the pure sake to basically recycle it. And there is not even a drop of water ever in these bottles. And this company we work together, it's, it's called Jacko. It's a company from South Germany in the, in the sports industry. And they created a process where they really use only old jerseys to create new football jerseys. So it's not PET from a bottle. It's, it's really the old jersey that gets disassembled and then created new garments out of it. And the way we used our technology and specifically blockchain is we took this information directly at the source where it was manufactured. We added this information to the token, to the NFT, and then connected with the, with the NFC tech that sits in that product. And now the product was delivered to a consumer and the consumer, again, simply taps the product with the smartphone and immediately understands the whole production process, the shipping process, and everything that is related to that product. So this is a very tangible way of doing it. And now I think the twist and the really cool thing is that whatever this brand does, this information will be stored immutable on chain. So let's say in five years from now, someone would find out that it wasn't sustainable because it could be. It was the brand that claimed it's sustainable. But then the brand cannot step back and say, yeah, well, we just said it was 80% or something like that. No, the promise that they gave is stored on chain. So you can basically match that and then make sure if it was kept or not. And I think this is really where it comes down to the transparency. If this information would be stored in a central storage, let's say on the servers of this company, they would just go and change the information. And since it's recorded on a decentralized ledger, it's not possible. And I think that's really when it comes down the beauty of the blockchain related to transparency and, and also how it can be used for sustainability. I think this is really, really interesting. I think the fact that if a brand then makes a claim saying something is sustainable, it's saved. It's there for all eternity. It's on that chain. It can't be refuted. And I think that's what's going to hold so many more brands and businesses and these huge corporations accountable. And we're seeing the kind of implementation of more and more brands coming out with their digital passports. And it is a pioneering thing. And it's wonderful to see it. But I think we talk about transparency as if it is sustainability as if they're one in the same and they aren't and I think sustainability can only be achieved through true transparency and then action and I think transparency with brands is very hard because so many are so scared of what they will say and whether they're going to be I think they're scared of the accountability in all honesty and I think achieving that transparency through technology is such a noble goal it's definitely not without its challenges though and I think that leads me nicely into my next question so what do you think some of the main obstacles and roadblocks are in implementing blockchain for transparency? And how does Collect ID address these sort of issues? Yeah, and you're really right. And that's what I also say 
again and again and again is like if you cannot prove that the product is authentic, if you cannot prove that transparency, you cannot even start proving it sustainable. Because obviously, if you buy a fake product, and even if the value proposition of the brand, let's say Adidas tells you it's sustainable and you buy the fake, of course, also this part of the value proposition vanishes. So this is true. The, the, the foundation for sustainability is transparency and, and authenticity, in my opinion. And of course, there is a, a lot of roadblocks, a lot of obstacles around there. So first of all, I think the challenge is to get to the source. So like the closer we get to the actual production of an item or even beyond like the raw materials, the better the quality in the end is. So to take an example, you could authenticate an item at the retail level, but then you as a consumer have to trust that retailer. And what if the retailer gets cheated already? You don't know. So if you go one step back in the supply chain, you go actually to the manufacturer, so you can already increase the trust there. So for me, that's the first, let's say, obstacle. And the first, yeah, basically the first step you need to take is to get as close as possible to the production. And of course, if Gucci tells you this item is authentic, it's a higher level of trust than if it's done by a retailer or eventually by a retailer selling platform that is, for example, doing some authenticity checks. And for me, this is really crucial in order to prove this and to prove it on a, on a long term. And then the second obstacle is to, like, who is auditing the company itself? Like, as I said earlier, this company can claim it's authentic, but who is basically auditing them and there, I think the nature and the fact that this information is stored forever also creates some kind of a pressure or, a, yeah, let's say a higher level of trust because you know as a brand, whatever you put on the chain will be there forever. You are held accountable forever. And that's eventually a way, yeah, of course, they will be more careful what they claim, but then that's also good, not, let's say, to have something claimed that is not true. but. In my opinion, those are obstacles. And then probably a little bit more from the consumer side, it was very interesting. When we started the company, I spoke to a lot of people and some people said like, look, I, I buy fake products on purpose because I cannot afford the, a Gucci sweatshirt for 500 bucks. And, and when I started the company, I was thinking like, yeah, this is perfectly fine. I mean, if you cannot afford and if you know and if you buy purpose, buy it, well, that's okay. But what a lot of these people forget is that buying fake products, it's not just about buying fakes. It's also about supporting eventually child work, supporting unsustainable production. It's supporting criminal structures. It's, it's supporting not paying taxes and all those things. And people usually forget about it because they just think, hey, I cannot afford the Adidas shirt. I buy the fake. That's not a problem because I know. But what's behind obviously fake producers don't get controlled as hard as authentic producers because they anyway operate in a black market or gray market and i think this also needs a paradigm shift that people actually care about it care about sustainability care about authenticity and only if people if we as consumers care about this the brands are also forced to do the next steps 
And I would say this is, there needs to happen a big shift in the mindset, which in my opinion is, is currently happening. And, and I really appreciate this. And I learned a lot. Like I have a completely different view on fakes than I had like five years ago. I really love what you were talking about there. I think for me, the idea of understanding the greater bubble around this and saying to brands, oh, we're taking it a step back. So it's not just on the producer or the actual retailer as a distributor of the product. It goes one step further to the manufacturer. It then goes one step further to the farmer and being able to tr- to be transparent and be able to trace all the way back to your raw materials near enough, for, in some cases, is what consumers want now. They want to know where they're, where they're spending and what they're spending their money on, where it comes from, and whether it's going to a good cause or whether it's actually paying people fairly. There are also, on the other hand, people that don't really care about that stuff. And I don't want to judge anyone. I think you have to make decisions based on what suit you as a person and as a consumer. But it's definitely starting to become a conversation that I'm hearing more and more. Things that I read, I'm seeing it popping up more and more where everyday consumers and even my own audience come to me and ask, oh, how do I know that this is sustainable? How can I trust that? It's not just on the brand. It's and this is something that I talk to a lot of people about. It needs to be a top-down and a bottom-up situation. So the brands, manufacturers, decision makers, legislation and decision makers need to all be making the changes, but then the consumers need to be enforcing that change and asking for it as well. So moving on to the next question, we're talking a lot about transparency in this episode. And to me, I really think that it extends way beyond blockchain alone. So how do you sort of envision And as we're going into like more of a Web3 space, the integration of other technologies like IoT, AI, or even data analytics in enhancing the overall transparency landscape. Yeah. I mean, as I said in the beginning, blockchain is just one part of the puzzle. And that's very crucial. And that's also why we would never consider ourselves as a blockchain company or Web3 company, because we are also not calling ourselves an internet company. Yes, we are using the internet on a on a daily basis and we are relying on the internet and mobile technologies and blockchain to ser- perform the service, but it's one piece of the puzzle. And I think specifically to your questions, like technologies like IoT or AI play a very crucial role because the better the input, the better the overall solution. And let's say the next step is probably not the brands claiming something is authentic or claiming something is sustainable, but actually using sensor data to prove that. Because people and and brands in the end are also people working for those brands. They can lie for whatever reason, but sensor or generally data cannot lie. It can be interpreted, but the raw data is just facts. And that's where I think it gets really interesting is, let's say, taking another example, you have, for example, uh, parts of an aircraft and they go through a testing process. And then you take the data of these sensors, of those testing sensors, and you store them directly in a smart contract and on the blockchain. It's just not possible to manipulate. I mean, Still, I I would even go that far and say everything is possible to be manipulated. But then it's also a question of what is the effort versus what is the return you get. So in my opinion, sensor technology and specifically IoT will become a main driver also for blockchain. And it's like a fuel for blockchain. 
And then on the other side as well, AI and, and other technologies regarding image recognition and those kind of things, they will become and play a very crucial part in this because in my opinion, wherever you can take out the human factor in that calculation, it gets better because this is just a source of error and you need trust. And wherever you can replace that with a machine or with machine learning, you can also reduce the risk of this malicious actions or this, yeah, let's say cheating something. I know obviously we're in a space at the moment where there's a lot of questions around the efficacy of AI and whether AI will start to replace jobs and things like that with certain in certain industries. But I think there's always been an element of machine learning and AI and data-driven um, sort of data capture, I should say, or data input for years. It's probably been going on for probably the past 15, 20 years in some industries. But when it's getting to the point where now we can reduce like the the need for humanity, so to speak, in the workforce, yeah. the element of the workforce, then there are some issues there. But and I think that almost leads me to a completely separate like question, <laughs> but that we won't go into today because I think there's an ethics question associated with that. But it's definitely something for us all to think about going forward. So I think looking to the future is sort of where we'll end. And I think as we are also sort of striving for this more sustainable future, I think public awareness and education are becoming more crucial and they're becoming a lot more apparent as well. How can individuals, businesses, governments, and everybody, I guess, so to speak, collaborate to leverage technology effectively and achieve that kind of greater transparency across the board, and particularly in those industries where it has been lacking? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I would say call us up and we, we can arrange a meeting and discuss this. But no, seriously, I mean, in the end, I think it's always the consumers pushing this forward because as much as we want the brands to change, and there is also obviously regulatory political things. I'm speaking about digital product passport, which will come roughly 2030 in the EU. And then obviously, and hopefully other countries, other continents will follow on. So we have this regulations and, and let's say the legal, the political angle. But in the end, and that's my opinion, it will always come down to the actual consumers. So it's our mission and it's our also duty to ask for such products, first of all, and then be very critical and to challenge those brands like, okay, you tell me it's sustainably produced. Okay, you tell me it's authentic, but how do you prove? And the quintessence, the ultimate, let's say, conclusion here is to not buy it if you don't trust or if you don't believe and if they cannot prove those things. And I think that's, for me, is the first step is it always starts with us as consumers. And of course, we have the tendency to say one small human being doesn't make a difference. If I turn off the light, what will that change if there is a big oil catastrophe somewhere in the ocean or if I buy only organic stuff or if I care actually if I know where it's produced and it's proven where it's produced that won't change the world but I think that's so not true like we need to start on that individual level and then again like of course governments political institutions they have the task and they have the duty to educate to inform and also to bring some laws 
into place that foster and, and help us to get there. Totally agree with you. And on that note, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. So as we move forward on our quest for a more sustainable future, remember that transparency is key. It empowers us to make more informed choices, support businesses in their sustainability efforts, and holds us all accountable for the collective impact that we have on our planet. Thank you so much to my guests for joining me today. And in next week's episode, we'll be talking about how technology is helping to facilitate renewable energy models. So until next week, you can subscribe and listen back to previous episodes of Sustainably Influenced on all good podcast platforms. You can follow at Sustainably Influenced on Instagram and TikTok and our newly launched website too. I'm Bianca Foley. Thank you for listening. This season of Sustainably Influenced was produced by Content is Queen, sound editor Amber Miller and presented by me, Bianca Foley.